Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the DLC Drop Podcast. It's my pleasure to welcome Rebecca Dixon, co-founder of The Gamers. What her and her team are doing is highlighting and supporting women in the esports space. She's also an example of somebody who comes from outside of the space, has had a heart for a community, and is really making an impact. Let's talk to Rebecca. Drop in the untold stories of industry leaders, influencers, and insights on future innovation. I'm John Davidson, and this is the DLC, DLC Drop, Drop Podcast. Podcast. All right, everybody, I am very excited to welcome Rebecca Dixon, co-founder and CMO at The Gamers. I love, Rebecca, what you guys are doing over there, advocating for women in esports and gaming. Welcome to the DLC Drop Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so thrilled to be here. Absolutely. And so we have had a little bit of previous interaction. You actually won the elevator pitch comp- competition at the Esports Trade Association Conference in March of 2021. So first of all, congratulations on that. Thank you. It was it was so exciting to to win and you know the, to be voted by the attendees in the community was just a total honor. The other participants all did a great job and it was it's always fun to hear what's going on in the startup world in our industry because there are so many great ideas evolving that's one reason it's been so so fun to be a part of it and that being said we were really excited to win yeah. you know anytime something like that happens it opens doors and and here we are as a result of that so i'm i'm really happy to be here awesome and you know one of the reasons why i cast my vote for you guys was and we had a lot of great folks pitching and there were some great startups there but the thing that really kind of pushed me over to you rather than some of the other people who did a great job presenting was what you're doing is so needed and you are you're not talking about doing it you're actually doing it and I think we're seeing the results of that so why don't we start out with you sharing what the gamers is for our audience directly from you and then we'll go from there you got it. So the Gamers is a social media platform and a matchmaking, a, a way for women who game to connect. So the history behind us, I'll, I'll give you the quick version and then we can talk more. Yeah. Is that we basically, we launched in March, 2020. And my, I, have four, I have three co-founders. Three of the four of us had a company in the parenting world prior to this. And while it was a totally different industry, it was a community that we built over actually the course of 10 years. We grew the community. We worked in an industry that had a lot of strategic partners and support. And there was a need for it at that time. Uh, Now, if you are a parent, there are a lot of ways to connect, but there weren't at that time. We also had a matchmaking platform as part of it with parents and caregivers. So we sold that company and decided, you know, what do we want to do next? We love four purpose companies. We love amplifying women. We love being entrepreneurs and we found ourselves with some kind of fun adjacencies to the gaming industry We that I can go into later. But we started learning about the gaming industry, learning about women in gaming and thought, gosh, first of all, we are not the first to address this topic. There are a lot of nonprofits that were and still are doing incredible work for women in gaming through, you know, through scholarships and mentorships and white papers. And, and, and we love what they're doing so much. We also found that a lot of the executives in the industry are, are trying to get out there and speak on panels. What we did not find and what we created is this sort of media platform that amplifies and celebrates mm. what it 
what is happening that's good for women in gaming? Because let's make a bigger deal about that yeah. so that more people can see it so that there's a clearer path to a career in gaming. So Love that's that. the quick of it. Yeah. And we do have a matchmaking app coming out later this year. So that's the other piece of it. As we did all of our research and thousands of interviews, we were able to attend two PAXs before the world shut down. <laughs> and we did focus groups and surveys. And we found that one big problem is for women who want to game with other women to find each other. It's right. hard to it's hard to connect. And so we are going to hopefully solve that problem with a lot of feedback from our community. We were really, you know, honored and excited that within our first year in the industry, we grew to a hundred thousand members of our community. We didn't know that wow. it would be received so incredibly, but you know, we spent the first six months growing our socials as, as much as possible, but also as authentically as possible, you know, taking feedback from the community pivoting based on that. And then we hosted the Gamer Awards in the fall. Mm -hmm. And the, again, the response from the industry and also just not just the industry, but also just gamers, just women who game. Yeah. The response was just incredible. And so that really kind of put us on the map, gave us credibility. It also gave the, the idea of credibility that, yeah, this is something that is needed and wanted. So we're so excited to be here. I mean, it's just, it's fun. The, the journey has been fun because like you said, it is needed. That's super cool. You know, something that I love about our community, the esports, the broader gaming community, is, of course, not everything is perfect, right? This industry, this community has issues like every other issue or community. But what I think is unique, and I, I think it's it has to do with young people, but I think even more gaming, is that the issues that are there, the community takes on and confronts and attempts to solve with people like yourself rather than saying, oh, it's always been this way. No, you don't have, you know, a foot to stand on with your claim or, or, you know, let's just keep it the way it is. These voices are heard and then people actively like yourself create platforms, organizations or other solutions to help. And I, I think that's, unique about this community part of it has to do with the generation what has been your experience with that yeah i mean you kind of beat me uh, to the punch on that one because that's that's one of my main topics that i like to discuss so we created a place to talk about this we created platforms and events that elevate the women that are in gaming but what we did not know is that exactly what you just said would happen would happen and mm -hmm. so I could give you so many examples, but I'll give you one from last night. We host, we host a weekly clubhouse room yeah. at seven on Mondays and it's been great. It's new. It's very new. Mm -hmm. um, we just thought, you know, clubhouses, the esports and gaming, it's very active on clubhouse. And we thought, yeah. let's, let's get in there and do it. And you know what? One of the main topics is, or questions is what can I do? You know, I have a team, I have a league that's what that's what the main thing that people ask are the other thing is we always like to say you know this situation is not going to be the needle isn't going to be moved unless there's support not just from the industry but also from everybody in the industry including yeah. men and Correct. so we have a lot of men in our community first of all because we are we allow men <laughs> we just you know they have to 
follow the rules. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's important to have allies. And so to start a clubhouse room and to have just had it exist for a few weeks and to have a lot of men come and ask questions and be, be want to be real learners, I think is great. Like people don't want to just check the box that, you know, checking the box used to be enough, maybe in some spaces, it's not enough. And I think that whether it's organizations, companies, leagues, teams, mentors, anybody, everybody's saying, okay, so I know it's a problem. What can I do? That's incredible. And I, I think I always talk about, because my, my expertise and my experience is on the, the marketing and the partnership and the business development side of esports. And so I talk a lot about brands, or I should say the community demanding more from brands. But I yeah. think what you're telling me is in the same way that they're demanding more from brands, they're giving more when they're the ones um, providing part of the solution or being part of something like this. Is that accurate? A hundred percent. I think that you'll find, and, and that is one of the reasons that we were hopeful. And so far it has been the case that we felt that creating a media platform would be what moved the needle here. Yeah. Because not only can you, we can amplify what the nonprofits are doing. We can help facilitate connections between people who are in the industry and, you know, students, for example, or young people who want to get into gaming, but we can also create places and events and conversations and all of it that brands can be a part of. And I think it's so important because in, and and by the way, my, you know, my background in life before about the parenting company, before everything is like straight up TV advertising. So I'm a brand person at heart. I love that. That being said, this, this kind of brand partnership sort of space is, is new and different and, and good because brands are really trying to get behind what they're trying to be, you know, the issues they're trying to get behind. And so, you know, if you look at a category like, like health and wellness, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily seem, you know, I mean, if you're in gaming, you know that health and wellness is a, is a category that's, right. that's common here, but it's not intuitive, Right. But yes. I think a lot of brands in that category have said, you know, what, first of all, there's meant there are meant a lot of mental health issues that gaming can help, you know, is a good tool for. True. There are, you know, all of these sort of positive aspects that brands can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing. And if, you know, and then you put that overlay that into the context of women and it just, you know, it, it, it's a positive conversation for everybody. Yeah, you know, you mentioned something a little bit earlier about men being involved and men helping and being advocates. What can you tell our male audience here to be advocates for women in gaming, outside of gaming? What can we as men do to support you ladies? You know, it's such a broad question. And so there are many answers. And I I wouldn't say that I personally even qualified to answer all of them, but I can give you a few examples. Yeah. So one is just a no tolerance for actual, you know, harassment in game. So on a very micro level, if you're a gamer, and this is a question that came up last week when I was speaking with a bunch of students and somebody was saying, I game in a group with my sister and she's the best one of all of us. And it's fine. There's no, you know, toxic behavior there because they're all friends and they know, but then his sister in other situations, he said, what could I do? What you could do is, you know, end the game or leave or say something. I think a lot of times men in these situations, and this is anecdotally, but 
know that certain behavior is wrong, but don't necessarily know what to say. And so, you know, say we don't accept that kind of behavior in this, you know, environment and, and leave and not participate with other people who are acting, you know, inappropriately. So that, that's like on the really micro level. Like if you're a gamer and toxicity is happening, sure. I think on, you know, in the, when you're looking at the the level of how can we get more women into the gaming industry, mm-hmm. there are so many touch points where that where that can change. Of course, you know. So I, I will mention that the gamers are we are launching a collegiate division in the coming weeks. We have some really exciting press that we're going to be announcing soon surrounding that, and it's going to look it's going to have a number of touch points. But basically, we want to fit into co- the college space where we're needed. And, you know, some colleges are very at the head of this and some are are still trying to figure out even to get women there at all. So there's a big spectrum, but we're excited to be getting in that space. But what, to your question about what can men do, as we have realized that, you know, there's so many collegiate gamers and, and we should, you know, we need to get involved in college in terms of getting those college students into the industry there. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of ways to just try to provide mentorships you know, there, and this isn't necessarily just for women. This issue is this point I'm about to make relates to everybody, but you know, there's so many careers in esports and gaming that are not just like the professional player. Yeah. And like so, me and yours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, making sure that women and, and, and everybody knows about those and, and it's sort of, you know, you could just, I think, um, if you're at, if you're an industry person um, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, I'd really like to help more women get into the industry, you know, go to the women's panels, speak to students, um, talk about your career, talk about all the different trajectories and and, you know, just show up in clubhouse rooms like like the gamers clubhouse, yeah. because by having men show up there and listening to those conversations, participating, asking questions. What you said before about the industry being so open to this mm-hmm. conversation is so true. And so I think just making sure that the conversation can, continues to stay relevant is the most important thing. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know, us males supporting our, our female colleagues and counterparts and friends, I think is what you're saying. Also holding each other accountable to make sure that we're all behaving in the way that we should. You know, I was on a virtual conference type of a thing with a company I'm I'm part of called Dallas Influencers in Sports and Entertainment, DICE, out here yeah. in Dallas. And they had an event for women's women's international month. Was that is that what it was in March? I, I'm trying History to month. Yeah. There you go. And so they had a lot of very successful women on these panels, and this is more traditional sports, but they said the exact same thing that you're saying where they said, give women a chance when you're hiring, but also, and I think it's easy to forget this one, is participate when it's an event that is about women. Bring your friends, make sure that we are supporting each other equally. And that's something that I I think a lot of people can just overlook because they don't think about it. And it's a profound way to make an impact, it sounds. Yeah. So another thing that that, that makes me think about is that at a lot of industry events, and this is certainly changing because the industry is open to this change, which is great. Sure. But, you know, at 
pretty much any event these days, whether it's in esports or anything, there is always going to be the women in X panel, right? So the women in esports sure. panel, the women in gaming. Yeah. And that's great and important, and there should be. Also, if you're organizing any of those events, maybe don't only have the women be on the women in esports panel. <laughs> Good point. Have yeah. women be on the investing in esports because women also know how to invest in esports and women know how to do brand and marketing in esports. And, you know, I'm not saying that's not already happening. It is. Yeah. Um, but then, like you said, attend the women in esports paneling, you know, comment, you know, see what see what the conversation topics are. And, and to, like I said, just keep the conversation relevant. I think the that piece of feedback you got from the event in Dallas is is totally spot on. And I have to say, because I, I didn't get to it before, I forgot you were in Dallas. So my initial connection to this industry is is through Team Envy and the Dallas Fuel. My brother cool. and my dad were part owners of them. And that's how I started learning about esports like many years ago before awesome. I, was, I was still working in parenting. So that's, you know, there were big we're big Envy and Dallas Fuel fans over here. <laughs> yeah, they're good friends of mine. And Jeff Moore, president and CEO, has been on the podcast as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, this is, it's also important. And I'm just, I, I, I'm so excited to talk about it. And I do always love talking about what the, what can the guys do? Of course. Well, one thing I'd love to dig into a little bit as well is, is your path to this point. You know, you made a point a little bit earlier that, You come from an entrepreneurial background. I was doing some research on you before our our episode started here. And there's something that every entrepreneur experiences, whether it's their first startup or their second or third, fourth or fifth, which is jumping to the next thing, right? Yeah. Talk a little bit about going from where you were before to this thing that you saw a need. There's other people doing it. But you clearly were passionate enough to say, I want to do this myself with my fellow co-founders. What was that experience like? What were some of the challenges and successes that you found along the way? Sure. So, yeah. So I mentioned, you know, we had sold our old company. We, we love, we, and when I say we, it's because it, I, I have three of the four same co-founders. So all of us were saying, you know, what should we do next? And yeah. I mentioned we had some adjacencies to the gaming world. My, my connection to Team Envy and my co-founder was doing some video game toy design with a gentleman named Al Khan, who was the visionary behind Pokemon and Teenage Mutant wow. Ninja Turtles. Cool. So we, so we started learning about the gaming industry just because once you sort of like learn a tiny bit about it and then peel away a little bit, it's like, wait, how big is that industry? And <laughs> how, ma- how many, what's the percentage of women? You know, it's just, yeah. it's almost unbelievable at first, Absolutely. like truly unbelievable. So we we're starting to think about it. And then we thought, you know, so, and we're big researchers and like, you know, as you know, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. the moment that we said, I, we want to do this is we found ourselves, one of my co-founders and I found ourselves at a, con- a very corporate conference at Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. It was the main attendee was somebody who would want to be investing in esports, mm. and there was a whole panel of day long talk, you know, talks. And basically, there were about three hundred people in the room. Two hundred and ninety seven or so were white men. There was <laughs> right. my co founder and I, and then Niles Heron, who I don't know if you know, but he is. 
one of the founders of Pop Dog, and he is part of the organization that reps Ninja and long and he's a black man. Yeah. So he was on stage for a panel that was, you know, it's somehow investing in, in esports. Mm-hmm. But before he started his talk, he said, listen, before I get going here, are we really going to do this again? Like, are mm. we going to have a multi-billion dollar industry led only by white men? Like, I don't understand. Right. So, and, and, and it had already been on our minds. You know, we had done the research and we were there, honestly, just because we were kind of half interested in gaming and and we were thinking about a few different things, what we want to do. So we ended up talking to him at a coffee break. Mm-hmm. We ended up somehow not getting his contact information and emailing like info at pop dog. He called back and got on the phone with us like the next day. Wow. And we, cool. the momentum, you know, we got the, we thought of the name gamers. We got the domain name and, and it just, it never stopped. And, you know, one thing about being a, a serial entrepreneur is you do kind of know the things right away that you should do, like get the website, set up a LLC, you know, all those sort of pieces. And so once we said, we make the logo and our logo has some throwbacks to, you know, it's like seventies, eighties, some of the first women gamers. And we got a lot of good feedback on that. And then we just, we started talking to gamers. We, we interviewed so many gamers before we launched. And we were very lucky. We connected with Kylie Vernoff, who is the voice of Susan Grimshaw in Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. And she's she is our podcast host. Cool. And she so she was a big part of our launch. And she also really connected us with a lot of her followers. And we were truly able to interview on the phone people all over the world. And and we just got so much positive feedback that this was something to do, something needed. And, and we kind of honed in on all of our researching men and went to a couple PAXs and launched. That's awesome. Well, you, you mentioned something there that I think a lot of people overlook that they shouldn't, which is whether you're doing what you did, which is you're, you're starting this organization that's going to support the community. Or even if you're a brand, you said, we talked to so many gamers. That's another thing about this community is if you go to people humbly and you just say, Hey, I want to learn. I want to listen. You know what our community pushes against are people who are coming into the space for the wrong reasons. And those reasons are the selfish reasons or the traditional, Hey, I want to sell you something or I want, you know, so many signups on my website uh, so that I'm going to put my logo on this event sort of a thing. Right. Yeah. But even It's so true. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, even too, with just wanting to learn to find out what do people want so that we can solve that in a real way? Because you, you mentioned this, you didn't come from the gaming space and there's nothing wrong with that. You wanted to, you saw the need, you realized, hey, we're, we are a group that can provide a solution here. And then you didn't just assume and say, oh, this is how we should do it based on your non-gaming experience. You went and you talked to people and you said, what is the problem here and what would what would make it better? Am, am I getting you're, that correctly? You're absolutely right. And I, I appreciate you bringing that up because it, it's funny. So from a number of people in the industry that we spoke to in those early days, we did get feedback that I think it's a good idea and... I think you'll get pushback from not coming from the gaming industry. I have to tell you, yeah. our 
our, the, the response we've gotten from the gaming industry has been nothing but welcome. And I think it is because we're very upfront with our background. What we are yes, good at good is building communities based on what those communities want and mm. building. And so yeah, it's, we are also very fortunate to be in a community where they want to be heard. And yes. so women who game, you know, casually or whether they are in the gaming industry, you know, there are, there are improvements that can be made upon the situation that exists for them. Right. Right. And so while we don't necessarily, we didn't found this company from a place of experiencing that situation, we are, we know strategies to create communities to solve the problems that they want to solve. Right. And so we, you know, when I say we interviewed thousands of women, I literally mean we interviewed thousands of women a lot of them on the phone before we launched. We met many women at PAX. We did, we did, we've done tons of surveys. We did, we did focus groups. We continue to have active conversations in our own discord and honestly in direct messages with our community every day. And that, that directs then, then what we do. Um, So our app launching, for example, is totally community driven. Like it's, it's going to perform based on what we have, the feedback we've gotten from the existing gamers. And so I think, you know, you have to do that. And the reality is that it's hard to change an, an industry, or even if you want to say beyond the industry, just a, the narrative for a group like women who game, it's hard to just do that. If you're a gamer, what, what we felt like we could really do and, and and hopefully we always try to be as authentic as possible and we are super welcome to feedback yeah um and we try to to take the feedback we get and implement it and that being said you know we've made mistakes along the way for sure and 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 you know maybe put some branding out that wasn't totally perfect with our community and then we we switched sure. it we said whoops sorry we thought that's what you know that i mean we're here to to provide a framework for you know, a safe and inclusive place that exists based on, you know, what, what the existing gamers want. So, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky, but that's, I think the best, in fact, that's the best piece of advice. If I'm ever talking to anybody who's starting up a community of their own in any industry anywhere Mm -hmm. is just try to get a few people on board early and listen to them. And as you grow, listen to more. So that's what, that's our mantra. That's great advice. You know, I, I have a question for you based on some of the things that you have learned. Somebody who I had on this podcast was Melanie Mack, who is a mm-hmm. female gaming content creator. She's awesome. She's also one of the hosts of GameStop TV. And so it, when I had her on the podcast, she was sharing about how important it is for women to game together, to have that safe space that builds confidence and you don't have to worry about these, the toxicity or other things you may be experiencing. And I've, before talking to her, I've always thought, what is the right approach? You know, because you sometimes don't want separate but equal because separate isn't necessarily equal. And some women want to compete on the stage with men. And one of the great unique things about esports is that you don't have, you know, you don't want women playing linebacker on an NFL field because of the physicality, right? But there's no reason why men and women can't equally compete in esports. And so I've thought, well, people could be on the same stage. 
But the other part of it is if you're on the same stage, there are fewer open positions because it's mixed, right? So, but if you have your own thing over here, there's more positions. And what Melanie was explaining, and I'd love to hear what you've learned and what your perspective is as well, was having a female only space is a great way to start and to have the option. And some women want to stay there because they just enjoy it. And then some women will grow from there and then go to the co-ed competition. What have you experienced in your research uh, and running this organization? I think I agree with her a lot. And what I would say is, you know, first of all, the gamers as an organization doesn't necessarily take a stance on this because it, it this is something that can get, yeah. um, you know, get feelings really riled up even sure. between women because there are two arguments and you outlined both of them really um, well. What I personally think that I have heard the most is that, listen, we, while the industry is very open to this conversation and while we are getting a lot of good, you know, movement in the right direction, we still have a very, very long way to go. Mm. I mean, the numbers aren't great when you yeah. look at how many women got scholarships and all the, you know, all these things. Yeah. So I think the most, the most common thread, and this is just anecdotal because I'm just one, you know, one person and we're, we certainly had a lot of success, but as sure. I have been in this industry now for almost, you know, two years, a year and a half since we launched, whatever, I think it's a, at, at a minimum we need it in the short term because at sure. least then it gives, I think you mentioned that Melanie said, you know, to, to build confidence, yeah. to create safe places to game, to just take out all of the things that could create any sort of negative, you know, negativity in when women are gaming, certainly when they're younger. Sure. So for a short term solution, having women's only teams and women's only tournaments and women's only gaming, you know, communities like the gamers, I think it just, it, it seems to just make a lot of sense. Yeah. And frankly, it's also, it's not even really my decision or thought. That's what a lot of women who game are looking for. Yes. In the long term, if, you know, if everything just becomes equal and it's just all great, is there still a place for it? Maybe. I mean, you know, guys, there are situations in life when men and women sometimes hang out separately. I, you know, that's of not course. for me to answer. Yeah, but I think in the, in the short term, it's a short term, you know, short to, to medium solution. And it's not a, it's not a bad one, right? If it, if yeah. it offers an opportunity for more women to game and be happy about it and be more successful, then that's, that's what it is. So. Well, and I think, and, you know, talking about your award show a little bit too, I think this is another one where it's, you know, there could be another discussion around that, but you see underserved communities that have their own platform or award show. BET comes to mind, right? Exactly. And it's like, okay, like, yes, of course, you know, black entertainers could, could absolutely win awards in these other categories, but either they're not right or they're not given the opportunity or what have you. So there's a reason to have your own thing where in the black community, somebody could win a BT award and then they could go win a Grammy or, or an Emmy or what, what have you. Right. In the yeah, same way exactly. you have your award show where you could win content creator of the year. Then you go to the esports awards and you know, sure. a I mean, female listen, could win that as well. 
Best case scenario, win both. But again, in the interim, you know, the way that our awards are structured is that we honor 25 women in 25, you know, different for awards in five different categories from content creation to esports to industry. And even beyond the finalists of the awards and, you know, all the nominees, I mean, the feedback that we got from people who were just nominated was just unbelievable. Mm. And so it's one of those things where I think, for one thing, our, our awards are community nominated and voted. And, and for that reason, you know, it, the, so many wonderful women were, had the opportunity to be, to be honored for, you know, for things that they, they wouldn't otherwise be honored for. And so right. when I, when, what, what I always do when I'm sort of trying to think about and explain why things that we're doing at the gamers are relevant I go back to our original mission, which is to celebrate and amplify women in gaming in order to create a clearer path to a career in gaming or to normalize gaming for casual gamers. And so if you honor 25 women, if it goes viral on Twitter, if it lands on the front page of Twitch, all these things that happen with our awards, people are like, wow, there are a lot of women who game who are awesome. And that's a good thing right now. You know, absolutely. Well, you mentioned there, you mentioned about, you know, careers in gaming and that doesn't just have to be a player like we talked about before. It can be somebody doing jobs like we do or or other behind the scenes jobs. I can tell you from my experience, diversity is hard. It has to be so purposeful. I've built a board of directors. I've launched conferences. I've, you know, with the help of a team found speakers for panels and stuff. And all sorts of diversity, right? Not just gender, but is is really difficult even if you're purposeful. And what I've identified is, and I'd love to get your your take on this, is how can we set up a pipeline so that people are qualified and prepared and the tools and the skills have been developed so by the time that they are in a place where they can be on that panel, or they can be hired for that job, they have, number one, the vision to know it's possible. That typically has to do with seeing people who look like you doing it, right? right. When you're young. And that's probably around junior high school or early high school-ish. Yeah. And then I would say through high school and then college, you give people the opportunity to build the skills that they've recognized from the vision. And then it's a lot easier to fulfill the diversity, both gender and race, because one of the problems is finding qualified people, you know? And I mean, yeah, I agree. And I think you have to come at it from both sides. And I also want to take this um, moment just to say, because I don't think it has come up yet that, you know, while we're the game pers, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, in every way are a thread of what we do. Yes. Um, and I have my, my two co-founders who were at my parenting company with me and our fourth co-founder, Verda Maloney has a career in creating inclusive spaces with, you know, everyone from the Gates foundation to the New York city board of ed and she started schools. And so it's also connected and important. And I bring that up because you do have to be intentional about it. So I think one thing that I can share with you that we do, we have done at the gamers is because it is that, you know, we are standing for all of these 
values out in the industry, right? And saying this yeah. is important. And so we realized we certainly need to practice what we preach internally. And so we are a very young company. Um, mm-hmm. And that being said, we have a, an HR director who focuses not on not only on typical HR and helping us structure our company, but also making sure that we are focusing on DEI at from day one, sure. because it's it's super important. And I think that's a very hard thing for smaller companies or newer companies to think like, well, I'm a startup. You know, how do I? How am I going to do that? You just have to. And from one, you know, yeah. all of the statistics about successful companies, all you have to do is look those up to know that any company is going to be more successful long-term anyway, if it is more diverse in every way. So from a, from a corporate, you know, industry perspective, I think it's important that young people, like you said, can see themselves in these careers that mm-hmm. they might want to have one day. And that's, yes, it's the esports athlete, but it's also the physical um, therapist and the trainer and the nutritionist and the broadcaster and the media buyer and the, all the, you know, all the things that go around that, which is almost every job anyway, just <laughs> figure out what you like to do and, and yeah. find if, if that job exists in the esports world. And then, yes, it, it, it also has to be something that starts at a young age in terms of development. And I think where that goes is, you know, I mentioned we are launching a collegiate division. Once you get into the collegiate space, and obviously I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but once you get into the collegiate space in esports and gaming, then you're suddenly already in the high school space too, somehow, because, yeah. you know, high school is feeds into college. Right. And I, and so while we are not actively launching a high school specific program at this moment, we will just by nature of the fact of being in college already be reaching high school students. And I think then from, you know, taking a step further from there, once you're in the high school space, you're starting to reach middle school. So it's yeah. not unlike every, in the same way that there was such a focus on STEM and still is, and it's still not quite there yet. Yeah. You know, a generation ago, it's the same thing. I mean, if you want, you know, if you want girls to be engineers when they're older, they've got to be taking math when they're in elementary school and right. know, liking it. Yeah. If you're just, if you're just looking for it, when you need it and you're not looking earlier in the education cycle and the experience cycle, then you just, you don't have the people that you need because you do need those qualifications. It is important that people can do the job. Right. And, and so I think what we're doing, what you're doing specifically right now is fantastic because it's not just saying, Hey, this is what we're doing with the people who are here. But it's yeah. saying, let's also build this pipeline so that the next generation, sooner than that, hopefully, of course, but are fully capable. And then not only are qualified, but also I think the missing piece is having access, right? Where the people who are making the decisions of hiring or bringing on panelists or things of this nature are accepting everybody from all backgrounds. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think hopefully, you know, it is an exciting time to be in this industry because I do feel that not only this industry, but the way we all connect is changing a little bit. And I, what I mean by that is just hopefully, my hope is that with things like the access to, I mean, I'm, I'm using our clubhouse room again because we get young people in our clubhouse room asking us, 
what are the best resources if I want to make those connections? Hmm. Well, one thing we say is you're already doing something right because you're on Clubhouse in this room asking that question. True. You know, LinkedIn is a great tool that we also recommend a lot for connecting with, you know, and this isn't going to be for, this isn't the middle school answer, but for high schoolers, you know, go on LinkedIn, start following the people in esports that you might be interested in, see what they're doing. Like you can actually make really good connections right there. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, digitally some of this stuff will be, or, you know, some of these connections will be a little bit easier to make just because of the world we're living in. But, you know, it remains to be seen. I think the other thing for young people, and, and I say this less with my gamers hat on and more with my mom of a 11 and nine year old girl Uh that it's so interesting to see how kids are gaming right now and how that's going to change things because my kids weren't big gamers until COVID, but because of COVID and also because I think of their age, it was that time anyway, you know, now they're talking to all their friends on Roblox and, you know, doing all these things. And obviously I work in in this industry, but I think it is changing too, you know, the gamification of everything and sort of social networks in Roblox. And I just, I I wonder what, what effect that will have on, on access and connections and seeing, you know, seeing yourself in, in games and in, in, in the industry. I'm, I'm very hopeful that in a, you know, like you said, before a generation that it will be easier to, for all young, you know, women to see themselves in gaming more than they do now. Yeah, well, it it definitely seems like with the help and the work that you're doing, that that's definitely going to take place. Before I let you go at the end of this episode here, can you tell me what do we have to look forward to with the gamers, whether there's anything you're working on, you want to tease or you're just looking for in this industry? Uh, So we have some really exciting things coming up. I, I, I casually, I think, mentioned all of them, but our collegiate division is launching imminently. It will definitely be kind of up and going by the time school starts in, in the fall and more to come on exactly what that looks like. But we want to be available as a resource for college students who game, both for community, you know, safe space and, you know, job pipelines, all of those things. So we're excited to announce that. So we, uh, you know, on all of the socials, we are at the game hers with an H. The H yep. is often silent when we say it, but any anywhere that you find us will be information about the launch of that. Then our gamer awards, we had them last fall. They're going to be again this fall, but launching a little bit earlier because they were so exciting last year. We're gonna we're gonna make them a little make the whole lead up to them a little bit longer so that cool. there's just more time to get to get excited for them. And then finally, our app is going to be launching this fall. So I think, you know, what I would just love is for anybody who's interested in learning more about us to find us on any of the socials, follow us, and um, we'll share more information about all of that to come. Um, And that's it. Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. I'm so happy that we got to chat. Yeah, my pleasure. And what are uh, those socials? What are those handles that people can follow? So we're on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Twitch, we have a very active Discord. Great. And is it at the gamers? Yep, at the gamers. And it's and can you spell that out for yep. everybody? It's at T H E G A M E H E R S. Perfect. Yeah, I'll be following as well. 
Thank you so much, Rebecca Dixon, for joining us. I love the work that you're doing. It's really inspiring. So I think our audience is going to be inspired as well. Thank Thank you you. so much. This was fun. My pleasure. We'll talk with you soon. Thank you for listening to the DLC Drop Podcast. This podcast is part of the Esports Futurai Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast channel and leave us a review. 